Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to the another finals edition, I should say, of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, Dano. Uh, what a great weekend of footy, and I'm very keen to dissect it with you all. Yeah, man, it was fucking hectic. Anyway, um, we'll start off with the injuries. So probably the biggest one to come out of this is Marcus Bontempelli. People are concerned that he's not going to be playing this week, Pato. What have you heard? Uh, so he went in for scans, obviously, uh, just to make sure there's no structural damage, and He's been cleared of that, but the issue is, obviously, he is their Rolls-Royce. Uh, it's Marcus Bontepelli. He's their captain. And whether he's going to play through that pain now, it sounds they've said that he's probably going to play this weekend. And yep. is that going to be a risk? I mean, who knows? At the end of the day, it's Marcus Bontepelli. And even, even Bontepelli at 60 70 80% is better than probably 80% of the AFL Dano. So... I think he'll play. Whether he plays midfield or not, we'll probably dissect a little bit later. Yeah, I was going to say we can dissect that later. Um, Corey Waitman's another one, concussion. So the mandatory 12 days. Um, people are saying, oh, yeah, he can get out of it. Nah, mate, head knock, mandatory 12 days, you're fucked. So Waitman's going to be out, Pato? Yeah, I had a sneaky feeling they were going to try and do a dodgy with this one, Dano, because they came out and said he just got a head knock, but you don't sub out at halftime with a head knock. And yeah. Uh, he was actually reporting headaches still uh, Sunday, Monday after the game. So pretty clear that that's a concussion. Hopefully Cody is okay. And if the dogs happen to get up on the weekend, he will be absolutely fine for a grand final in a couple of weeks' time. Yep. The other one we got is Brandon Parfit. So he's he pinged the hammy against the Giants. Uh, he was subbed out. That's it. He's done. Um, he's done for the season. Yeah, this is a four to six weeker, so he's very, very little chance to play in a grand final if they make it. So this might open up the door for someone like Quentin Narkle to to come out from absolutely nowhere and play in a prelim. Mm-hmm. But again, we'll dissect that a little bit later. Now, I feel like you've got something you want to get off your chest here, Pato. I absolutely have something I want. Yep, to go get for it. Take, take it away. This no, is your no. platform. There are two guys that we should be mentioning in this, Dana, and I think you might know where this is going. Okay. One is absolutely obvious, and the other one is a little less obvious but still should be have been suspended. Yep. yep. So we'll start with the, with the lesser one, Tom Hawkins. Now, he's clobbered someone away from the ball. Uh, I mean, it wasn't major, but I can guarantee you if his name was Toby Green, he would have got a week for it. If his name was Tom Lynch, he would have got a week for it. Uh, but because he plays for Geelong and because his name is Tom Hawkins – He's got away with it. Now, he missed a prelim a few years ago against Richmond and it probably cost him the game in that year. He should be missing another prelim this weekend. But the one I'm fucking angry about, Dano, yep. Joel fucking Selwood. Mm-hmm. 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 This was literally no different to when Toby Green raised his arm and hit Patrick Dangerfield in the vagina. Somehow, Toby Green gets two weeks for that because his name is Toby Green. And Joel Selwood, they looked at it Oh, not even a fucking fine, Dano. Oh, yeah, you're free to play. You play for Geelong. You're fine. Um, What the fuck, AFL? Now, this is an absolute disgrace. And if this isn't Geelong bias, clearly, then uh, I don't know what is, Dano, because if you look at it both in slow-mo and in real time, 
it's almost identical situation to the Toby Green incident with Joel Selwood and Josh Kelly. The only difference is Joel, Josh Kelly isn't a little bitch. He didn't go to hospital. He played on because he's not a fucking pussy. And it makes me mad because Joel Selwood should not be playing this game. Tom Hawkins, I mean, it's a little less dubious, but I still think he should have been suspended. But being a final, I mean, maybe you, you let a little bit go. But how Joel Selwood continuously gets away with this fucking shit is absolutely beyond me, and I'm fucking fed up with it. So I've been told that I'm not allowed to comment um, by other people on Facebook because any I'll have giants bias. So I'm glad you've actually said it. But I've I've come to the conclusion over the last four I think it was like three, four years. Um, I used to love Joel Selwood as a player, but I've now realized that he actually, and again, people will say like, yeah, but you got Toby Green. I admit Toby Green fucks up a lot and does that shit. But Joel Selwood actually does it too. And it's never really raised. And besides, you know, his his elbow and his forearm. Um, but yeah, it's it's never brought up. And I, I, is it because it's the Cats fans, just like as soon as you bring up Joel Selwood, they just all get into a pack and there's that pack mentality of just shooting you down or, or what? I don't know, but all I know is that, yeah, he, he should have been suspended. Um, is it, is it a Toby tax? Is it a, a cat's free ride or is it a bit of both? I don't know, but yeah, he should have been, he should have been done. Hawkins. I'm still not sure on, but Selwood definitely should have got the same amount as what Toby got. Yeah, and, I, and I'll bring a little bit of Richmond in this as well, Dano. People people say Trent Cotchin is a little bit of a cheap shot artist. And what he does compared to Joel Selwood is absolutely light and day. And Joel Selwood will intentionally go for someone's eyes or he'll yeah. do a little elbow behind the player. Whereas Trent Cotchin will put his head over the ball and whether he gets a shoulder to the face of someone like in the Shield incident um, all those years ago, Dano, or whatever. But the, the bottom line is he's going for the ball. Whereas it, I mean, with the one on the weekend, it almost looked like Joel Selwood purposefully raised his elbow to try and clear that tackle. Now, yeah, obviously well, Dustin- he, he, then I'll, I'll point one thing out, even though I'm not meant to talk about it because people have told me no, I've, I've got bias. Dangerfield slipped into that tackle. Selwood actually went in an upwards direction while Kelly was standing and Toby was lower. So I actually think the intent is worse of Selwood's, but anyway. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And Dustin Martin started the trend of the fend-off um, with a stiff arm, with which is a real NRL sort of move. But other players are turning it into an elbow, and an elbow can do so much damage, so much damage, down, especially when it goes from the side of your body in an outward motion towards someone's face. And maybe it's going to take someone to get knocked out doing this action for the AFL to do something about it. But how Toby Green gets two weeks and Joel Selwood doesn't even get referred to the tribunal is an absolute farce. Is it like the, is it the, is it the new chicken wing tackle? You know how, when everyone was doing the chicken wing tackle and they, um, they basically bounced their heads off the ground when they brought them to ground is, is the new forearm fend off the new chicken wing tackle. It could well be. I think they got to look into it at the end of the season because something's got to be done. Like, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, um, something odd happened though over the weekend. We'll do this before the we talk about the final stuff because they've been knocked out, and that's Brisbane and Lockie Neal and the Lockie Neal situation. So he's requesting or is likely to request a trade. He's weighing up his options, but apparently he's strongly considering it. 
he wants to request a trade back to WA because his missus is pregnant and they want to go talk about babies and building a family and whatnot. And she wants to do it over in WA. So the one, one thing I want to pose to you is if it is about family reasons, should he be open to the options of West Coast and Frio? But if he comes out and says, nah, I just want to deal with Frio, is it then more of a selfish mood, a move? And then Brisbane should yeah. stand their ground. Like, what are your thoughts, yeah. Pato? I think if he says no to West Coast, but yes to Freo, I think Brisbane should stand their ground and say, well, no, we're not trading you. Uh, the the underlying thing here, Dan, and it makes it very complicated, is the fact that Lockie Neal's contract was heavily front-ended. So yeah, he's three out of five years into that deal, but he's already been paid like 65 70% of the overall money. So... Brisbane could stand their ground and just say, look, we've already paid you most of your contract that you signed and we're going to play hardball because we're paid most of that contract. Now, playing hardball could be them saying, well, we gave up two first-round picks to get Lockie Neal. We're asking for the same back. And Freo have pick, I think, six and... No, they have pick eight. And I th- I, it looks yeah, like they're probably tr- going to get pick try six. six yeah. Adam Sarah. Yeah, so... Yeah. I can't see Frio giving up six and eight to get Lockie Neal back, who is going to be 29 at the start of next year. Mm. So it could be a really interesting situation. Now, the West Coast thing is even more interesting because they don't have any draft hand at all. They don't have their first-round pick. I think Collingwood has their first-round pick. Yeah, but, okay. And West Coast just don't have the capital to to try and go for Frio unless there are big changes. Now, there's an Elliot Yo rumour swirling around how much of that is truth or not. I mean, a lot of bullshit gets thrown around at this time of year. So, I mean, it's hard to, to think Elliot Yo would want out, but West Coast did look pretty average this year. And I can't imagine their salary cap situation is looking healthy at all. And they're going to want to tie up guys like Oscar Allen and those mm-hmm. younger guys long-term. So they've got to start to think of the future versus the current. And maybe Elliot Yo is surplus to requirements, but they've still got to re-sign Josh Kennedy. He'll probably get a one more one-year deal further. And guys like that. So it's it's a messy situation, potentially, Dano. And what happens if Lockie Neal requests a trade, but then Brisbane get an offer from from an Adelaide or a or a Sydney or someone like that? And they nah, go, you know what? Nah. They wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do it because it's all about growing. It's all about WA. And other clubs have had situations where people have just I'll use the Giants with Cam McCarthy where they were just being greedy fucks and they were trying to get more money to go home from one specific club. That's why the Giants held Cam McCarthy to his contract until he, he yeah, basically ran out of options. Um, with Neil, family and COVID is a big thing. Now, I think Brisbane would be very lenient with that. So they will try and deal with WA clubs as much as possible, but I think they've got to stand their ground with get the best option possible from whoever it is, either West Coast or Frio. I don't think they'll deal with anyone in Sydney, anyone in Adelaide, anyone in Victoria. It just won't happen. That's not that's not how that club runs at all. Yeah, see, this is, this is my issue with the AFL trade situation because I'm an NBA fan, Dano, and I know you are as well. And yep. an NBA player signs his contract, and granted they're on a considerably more money generally than AFL players, but (laughs) an NBA player could wake up in the morning and find out he's being traded to the other side of the country. And he doesn't have a choice in that. Mm. It's just, yep, you've been traded away. You go, thanks for your service and good luck in your new town. And they've got to up and go. And 
I mean, maybe that is a bit brutal. Maybe that's too far gone. But I mean, when these guys sign these long-term contracts, I feel like clubs should have a little bit more right in taking the better package rather than just saying, having to find a deal with a certain club. And yeah, it's, it's a sticky situation. And I mean, I guess Lockie Neal should have thought of that before. He A, signed a contract with Brisbane and B, signed a heavily front-ended contract with Brisbane because he's been paid most of his contract and it just seems like he's up and leaving because most of that deal's done with. The Frio actually need him? I'm not sure they do, Dano. Now, even if they do lose Chera, which looks pretty likely, I mean, he's requested yeah. a trade. He'll get to Melbourne. Yeah. As in the, the state, uh, sorry, the city, not not the demons, but that, I mean, demons, yeah. 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 Anyway, um, we get her. I, I don't think they do. They've got a really good up and coming midfield. And I, I feel like it's it's trying, I mean, Lockie Neal is an absolute star. And I mean, he's he's won four of the last five best and fairest when you can, when you link him back to Freo as well. So he's only missed out on his club's best and fairest in one out of the last five years. And that's just an unbelievable run over two different clubs. And obviously there's a Brownlow in there as well. So yeah. it's a complicated situation because Freo would be probably a bit silly to say no to taking on Lockie Neal because he's probably top 10 midfielder in the comp. Don't know. Is that yep. wrong of me to say? No, you're correct. Correct. Um, well, I mean, he, he hasn't had a great year this year, but he's dealt with some injuries and I mean, everyone deals with injuries and that's just part of professional sport. But that young midfield group coming up, he could compliment them greatly. Now, Nat Fife is a, an extra little outlier there. Does he move forward and create a bit of an 80% time up forward and just become pretty much a second tall forward and, and locking near run through that midfield next to Brayshaw and, and those sort of guys. I mean, that that's a bloody impressive midfield group. If you ask me, Dano. Yeah. But at the same time, Nat Fife, go, everyone's talking about Nat Fife doing what a James, James Hurd did at Essendon when he pushed forward towards the latter stages. Um, I, I can't see Nat Fife doing that. He's got a great pair of hands, but the dude can't fucking kick a goal. Yeah. Who wants a, who uh, wants a forward that fucking, fucking kicks nine behinds in a game and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. James Hurd could actually kick it through the middle of the, the yeah. sticks. Nat Fife struggles with that side of the game. So, yeah, it's an interesting situation. And Freo also have to be careful of falling into the trap of thinking they're more ready for finals than what they are and, and do a, a sort of carton of, of this year and last year where they try and just top up and, and try and cheat their way. Well, not cheat their way, but sort of <laughs> shortcut their way into finals contention, but then later finding out that they're not ready and then they're just in a in a really shit salary cap situation. So Freo have to be really careful because they've got a really strong draft hand, especially if they pick up, well, they will pick up a first round pick for Chera wherever he goes. I just feel like they should go back to the draft and just play it patient and pass on Lockie Neal and, and aim for four or five years down the track where those young guys will be up at their absolute prime. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on now to the semi-finals review. So we had two games played. The first one was Geelong versus my Giants. Now, the bombshell before the game started was I, I was going, oh, yeah, Giants have a chance. They've got Hogan finding fucking confidence and form, whatnot. And then right at the last minute, Jesse Hogan's a laid out. And who do they bring in, Paddo? Fucking Phil Davis. Yeah, they, they shuffled some some cards around. And Phil Davis obviously played in defense. And I thought he actually had a decent game, don't I? But... Giants but it was didn't have line. anyone in up forward yeah. besides Harry Himmelberg. The rest of them were fucking small. Oh, Sproul, but Sproul's for fucking, he, he's a reserves player. They had a reserves pretty much forward line, a makeshift forward line, and it did not work at all. Um, and neither did Stephen Cornelio. He he just fucking sucked. Um, yeah, he, 
shadow of his former self. He was terrible. Geelong just, they weren't even playing well, Geelong, to be honest. Giants were just playing bad. Um, yeah, that's why we saw the mini comeback happen and then Geelong just kick away when they actually started playing good. So, look, with, with that one, I'm all I can think of is Giants got lucky to even get there. Um, and, yeah, they... I think after all this, and this is going to be something that we're going to look at in preseason, Riccardi's gone. He's fucking gone. If you have your, if you don't have Toby Green, you don't have Jesse Hogan, you need a third tall, and instead of opting for one of your emergencies, which is Jake Riccardi, who is a fucking tall forward, and you go for a, a tall key defender instead and rather have a makeshift forward line, then I think Riccardi's out the door. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think the Giants might have made the mistake of thinking – that Tim Taranto could replicate his his game where he kicked four against Richmond. Uh, four goals won, five goals won. He had four goals at halftime and he finished with four. And yeah, that was realistically never going to happen because I mean it's one of those he was he was absolutely incredible that game, but a little bit of a flash in the pan. And he will have games like that in his career. He'll he'll have games where he'll play in the midfield, float forward, and kick multiple goals. That's how good Tim Taranto is. But to think that he could replicate that in a final where Geelong would have absolutely expected Taranto to play forward. They would have planned for it. And the, they, the thing, they the thing with Taranto, Taranto though, I'll just cut in. He didn't really play forward though. He actually played more mid. He actually was spent more time in the defensive half than the offensive half. So I think they were more worried about fucking Radha Galea, um, Rowan, Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins. And they were like, oh shit, we got, th- we got three bigs um, up that we got to try and cover we need to bring in someone to help cover him. And it just fucking failed hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had to, yeah. they had to go big in defense, but they had to also bring in a tall for Hogan. And I think Riccardi was the answer. Obviously in hindsight, yeah. uh, the giants coaches thought they were doing something going small and maybe they, they tried to negate some But I mean, Zach Tui just got off the chain and he was probably one of Geelong's best coming off a little bit of a layoff there. And the, the Giants just didn't have an answer for him. And remember what I said last week, Pato? Yeah, if Tui plays, Geelong will win. Yep, and it fucking happened. And I knew he'd tear us a new asshole. Shout out to my dad for that one as well. He's, he just said, if Tui plays, you guys are fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And then bang, what happened? He just destroyed us. So um, do you think people are going to be reading too much into Geelong's performance against the Giants? Or are they going to be understanding that the Giants were... They had well. Let's look at let's look at the injury suspended list. Geelong five, with Hogan being withdrawn. This this is um in total. This includes their reserve players and whatnot. So Geelong had five on the injury and suspension list. Giants had sixteen, including Hogan. Finals footy, in my opinion, challenges your depth. When you got players out, you got to have good resies. What happens then when all of your good resies are fucking out too? <laughs> Like, I th- I think that people are going to read too much into Geelong's performance. I had Geelong fans tagging me in the fucking final scores. And I, I you look at my statuses on Facebook and you would have seen that I was like, well, if Geelong don't win this now with Hogan out, then they are just a joke. Um, so I'm hoping people don't read too much into Geelong's performance and I hope fucking Melbourne destroy him, but we'll talk about that later. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts there, Pato? Yeah, and, and you look at the rest of the teams as well. Melbourne and, and Port Adelaide both just have three players on their injury list and the Dogs have four and one of those will probably play in Bontepalli. So it absolutely goes to show that the, come finals time, it's survival of the fittest. Now, Port Adelaide are actually in a really 
strong position because they're the only team that are left that have a reserves team still playing because a sample yeah, is still true. going. So, you know, Miss Jordiatis has had a, a bit of a layoff with with a hamstring injury and he played sample on the weekend. The same with Lockie Jones and Hamish Hartlett. Uh, and Fantasia had the week off and his knee should be fine. So it's it's embarrassment of rich, riches against Port Adelaide. They've got an absolute, pretty much a healthy list to, to pick from except for three guys that aren't even best 22 out injured. Mm. And they've got the advantage of having guys playing reserves, whereas the Bulldogs, I'll be replacing Cody Waitman with either, or we'll talk about it later, either their sub or someone that hasn't been playing. So, um, and same, I mean, Melbourne don't have any injuries, so they'll be fine. And, and Geelong, I mean, they should be... F- fine they didn't have any major injuries unless Hawkins doesn't get up but same thing they don't have anyone playing reserves so I mean Port Adelaide are are in a pretty good spot there with a reserves competition still going and and a pretty healthy list to choose from yeah let's just do some of the stats so Tomahawk obviously a big one he kicked five goals one he fucking had 19 disposals along with that he had Sam Menegola actually kicked some goalers (laughs) um two goals one 29 disposals as well um, Reece Stanley had a good game. Mumford looked fucking cooked. He looked so cooked. And there's another thing that we said last week. They should have rested Mummy and brought in Briggs or even maybe Bruce. But anyway, Briggs would have made sense. But fucking Mummy just looked cooked as fuck. Um, Lockie Whitfield, 34 disposals. Um, and we had Josh Kelly fucking up one of my mega multis for 12K. <laughs> Off a $5 bet. I had him over 26.5 disposals. He only got 25, the prick. Um, but Zach Tui, 31 disposals. Fucking absolute jet. So there's some of the stats from that game. Um, but the next game, Pato, the next game, would you wow. say the Brisbane v. Western Bulldogs game was the best game of the year? Of the year. I, I didn't see a better game this year, don't know. It was incredible. It, it had everything. And I mean... Brisbane are just super unlucky. They they lost by a point, and unfortunately, there had to be a loser in the game. And yeah, yeah, yep. So there was a point at half time as well, in it. And when Brisbane winning the first quarter, then they're down by one point in the in the at half time, and then they're up at three quarter time and lost by a point at full time. Eleven goals, twelve seventy eight to eleven goals, thirteen seventy nine. One of the takes though, I got out of this one. And you're probably thinking the same thing. And he's a former giant and a former pie having a bit of a sook. Now, is it because that he's not playing in the guts like he normally is? Or do you think it's just, he's not happy with the situation that he's in? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's just having a sook that he's not playing in the guts and he's stuck on the wing, but what do you reckon, Pato? That's Adam Trelaw. Yeah, he's, he's having a sulk. Um, It'd be interesting to see what happens with that situation. Dono. Now I saw the splits. He played about 58% of time forward off that half forward line and he looked lost, absolutely lost. And at times he didn't look like he was putting in hundred percent at all. I mean, I'd go as far as to say that he was so bad. He's at risk of potentially getting dropped. Don't know. That's how bad yeah. he was. Now I think there may be a reprieve coming in that Bontem Pally may play forward just because of that knee injury. Now he'll be a really good forward. Now that the interesting thing for me, Josh Dunkley, moved back into that midfield and almost played as, as kind of like a pseudo tagger and he was matched up against Lockie Neal. And I thought that was a very intriguing situation and was a bit mm-hmm. of a masterstroke, I think, from Bevo and and his coaching staff. And he put Jack McRae sort of against Zorko as well. And, I mean, Zorko doesn't have the defensive 
ability to, to run with Jack McRae and Jack McRae just pretty much had his own footy and just went, he, he was incredible, Jack McRae. And I mean, yeah, Bailey Smith was, was incredible. And obviously Libba did Libba things and they put, they Brisbane did uh, put a bit of attention into Libba, but he kicked the first couple of goals of the game and, and sort of still did his thing. And yeah, but going back to Trelaw, it, it looks like he's sulking and I, I feel like he may get moved to the midfield with Bontempelli if he plays. Um, obviously, pretty much switching that role and, and Bontempelli playing as a, as a bit of a makeshift deep forward. But yeah, the, the sulking in a, in a semi-final, you leave your ego at the door, surely, and you just play whatever role is is possible because mm. Trelaw obviously played in the grand final and lost one and had a taste of it. And surely, I mean, he would be willing to play back pocket if needed just to, to have a chance at a premiership rather than going around and sulking about not playing midfield like you want to. And that that can be the difference between a win and a loss in a prelim final. And I think the Bulldogs have to do something about that situation. Yeah, I think that when he moved from the Giants to Collingwood, he, his head got a little bit too big because he's gone from being, and to be honest, and this is my opinion, Adam Trelaw at the Giants was the best Adam Trelaw. Um, he fit in the system there so well. And you went to Collingwood and fucking Buckley's just ruined him, in my opinion. Um, he... He's, he's best in the middle, no doubt about it. And he might, he'll either, I think there's one of two options. He's either going to be playing in the middle this week and Bontempelli basically predominantly forward because he's not going to be at 100%. Or, like you said, Trelaw's just not going to play at all. And the playing in Victoria has fucking built up his ego and that's why he's having a sook because he's gone out there. He was on mega bucks at Collingwood, um, talked, Everyone talked him up like he was going to win a Brownlow and stuff. And to be honest, if he stayed at the Giants, I think he might have won a Brownlow. Um, but yeah, he's just not what he used to be. And he's just not fitting their system. And he's not, he, he's like a cherry tomato in Bevo's salad, just gets tossed around a fair bit. Uh, yeah. At, at the end of the day, if he wanted to move, he didn't have much choice. Collingwood would pretty much dumping his salary. But yeah. He would not have agreed to sign with the Bulldogs if he expected to walk straight into that midfield because you're joining a team that has Marcus Bontempelli, arguably one of the top one or two players in the comp, Jack McRae, who, you know, isn't moving out of that midfield. Yep. Then you got Dunkley, one of the better up-and-coming midfielders in the comp, Libart, who one of the best clearance players in the comp, if not the best, Bailey Smith, up-and-coming midfielder. Um, I mean, did he think that he was going to overtake any of those guys? I mean, maybe Bailey Smith. But Bailey Smith could probably walk into any midfield in the competition except for the Bulldogs and play as your first choice oh, top yeah. three midfielders. That's how good 100%. Bailey Smith is. You know what? He isn't. He plays half forward. He plays a bit of wing, but doesn't have a sulk about it. He's like, you know what? That's fine. I'm just going to fucking play hard. He's kicked three goals at 27 touches and played his role. Trelaw has a fucking sulk because he thinks he's better than what he is. So if he... If, if he Wanted to walk straight into a midfield. He should have signed with North Melbourne, Gold Coast, whatever. And he couldn't get his 35, 40 touches a game and do fuck all with them and and think he's better than what he is. But at the end of the day, pull your head in, do your role. And if you don't like that, bad luck. Yeah, Timmy English played a bit more ruck than normal. Yeah, this was interesting. So Lewis Young started in the ruck, but they just clearly didn't like what they saw. And from half time, so the third start of the third quarter, Tim English, bang, straight in the middle. And I had him. I had him to kick a goal in my in a same game multi I had for this game, and was watching him pretty closely because I was 
thinking he'd play up forward and, and played most of the second half in the midfield. Now, he didn't set the world on fire, but he was good enough. And that that's all surely they can ask for. And surely this weekend, Friday night, he goes first choice ruck. Surely. First bounce, bang, he's in there. Surely. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And remember, this is the same Tim English that has actually fucking had some massive games in the ruck. It's just... Yeah, and people people are like, oh, they drafted him as a ruck. Yeah, but he played most of his juniors, didn't he? Play as a forward or something in his ju- in juniors. He never played ruck. It's just he fucking shot up all of a sudden. Uh, I think he did play a lot of ruck as a junior. I, I don't know think he did. Highly... Okay, I, don't I think could he be did. wrong. I think it might have been like seventeen or eighteen. Like he just had a massive growth spurt, and then they slapped him in the ruck. And he was definitely playing ruck in under eighteens, but I think under seventeens or under sixteens and prior, he wasn't. At so, the end of the day, he's yeah. not going to set the world on fire as a ruck. He's going to get thrown around by the more physical ruckman. But I look at even the guy that he opposed on the on the weekend, Oscar McInerney. Now, yeah, he's he's done a big good ruck in my opinion. He's a, he's another one that w- played forward, plays as a played as a backup ruck, and then yeah. Brisbane moved Stephen Martin on, and he was he was thrown in the walls. And McInerney, he's still not setting the world on fire, but he does his job, and he's good enough. And I think that's all the Bulldogs need English to do. They don't need him to get. 40 hit out to game and get 30 touches and, and be a Brody Grundy. They just need him to compete. And I think he did that pretty well in the weekend. Oh, sorry. A bit of a plot twist. Imagine if it just comes out that Nick Nat wants a change of scenery and ends up wanting to go to Brisbane and they fucking swap Neil for Nick Nat. <laughs> I mean, surely Imagine. not. Imagine that, would... that. They'd be like cashing our chips now. Because <laughs> Nick Nat's not young. He ain't young. Yeah, I, can't, I can't see it happening though. Yeah. Um, now, do you think the game was actually really over umpired? How many free kicks were there again? There were 47 free kicks, Tano, in this game. And Fuck. I think there was 40-odd in the other game as well, or 38 or something like that. So it's just a weekend of, of free kicks, really. And, I mean, you look at the free kick count, Bulldogs got 28, Brisbane got 19, and that was in Brisbane. And, I mean, some Brisbane fans might look at that and think the Bulldogs were gifted. Now, Sure, there were some that they missed. Sure, that there were some that probably weren't there. But finals tend to be like this, Dano, where the, the umpires kind of tighten up on things. There's more people watching. And maybe that they get beaten by the occasion. But do you think it was over-umpired? Yeah, and but the thing that I didn't like is the inconsistency as well. So they let a passage of play go for a solid five minutes. Yeah, it would have been about five minutes where pretty much nothing... Oh, no, it would have been a little bit less than that, maybe four or three minutes where nothing was called. And, like, people got decapitated and shit like that. And then all of a sudden, there's a soft-ass free that gets paid. So I think that it, it's, it, like, the 47 free kicks is fucking hectic. But if they're there, they're there. But be consistent with it. Fuck. Either over-umpire it and give every fucking free kick known to man or let play go. And then if someone like Joel Selwood fucking tries to decapitate Josh Kelly, sorry, brought it up, um, then pay it. You know what I mean? Just yeah, it almost, seemed like the the other. it almost seemed like the umpires kind of flicked a switch and with about five or six minutes to go and just started calling everything. I remember a block in the ruck against Oscar McInerney. Oh, that which... was, fuck me. 
Yeah, it was uh, maybe there if you look technically, but how many times did that happen during the game? And there was that's a rule that needs to get thrown out the fucking window because the amount of times that I see blocks in a game that don't get called and then they pl- they pluck one out for fucking nothing is ridiculous. Yep. Just let yep. them. Was- they should throw it out the window. Let them fucking wrestle each other to the ground and suplex each other in WWE style. Just throw the whole fucking free kick in the ruck out. Not like yeah, it's just fucking frustrating. Where the fuck yeah. do they pluck those frees from? Yeah, yeah, it's, it makes you wonder. But I got one specific incident, Dana, which I think should have been a free kick, and it was not called. Now, it would have taken a very, very brave umpire to call it. Now, I reckon... You're right. I re- yeah, I reckon Razor would have called it, but... Yeah, but Razor's a fuckwit. Taylor Duray, one-on-one against Charlie Cameron. Now, it was about 40 seconds on the clock, and hopefully everyone remembers exactly the moment. Charlie kicked it all on the ground, th- thinking he could outrun... Duray, which, I mean, he pretty much did. And then Duray somehow mustered his way in front and just made it look like he was running past the ball. But I reckon his leg extended, and I reckon there was only one thing that Duray wanted there because he knows one-on-one with a loose ball, he is not catching Charlie at all. And I reckon it was deliberate, and I reckon Charlie Cameron should have been lining up for goal, and it pretty much would have been on the siren because he would have run his 30 seconds down and had a shot. And Yeah. A goal wins Brisbane the game and a point would have meant extra time. And as I said, it would have taken a very brave umpire to make the call. I feel like it was there. Now, I had no emotional investment in the game, Dano. Didn't care yeah. either either way which game which team won this. I feel like it should have been a free. And I reckon Brisbane fans would be absolutely livid at that non-call. Pretty sure they still are. I think they just haven't recovered. Yeah, yeah if, um, if the season ends on something like that, you'll probably hold on to it for about three months. Especially when you're what one and five or something like that, or one one and four, one and five in finals, one win and like four or five losses. No, they're like one that. and six over the last uh, holy three shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's so bad. Yeah, it's it's not very good, and yeah, they obviously won the qualifying final last year against the Tigers. The year before that, they were probably there a little bit early, and that's why they went yeah. straight sets. Yeah, but I remember that. Yeah, I, but I mean, on the flip side, Dano, they've lost. Two key forwards, Brisbane. They brought in Jack Payne to replace one of those, and he gets subbed out at halftime. Yep. They lose Jared Berry in the third quarter after Jack Payne had already been subbed. So they're a rotation down. I mean, the, the, that's the tall forward stocks. And that just meant that, they, that the Western Bulldogs who put more effort into Joe Danaher, which, who once again didn't do much in a final because you can take the Essendon away from the player, but you can't <laughs> take the player away from the Essendon. So other way around. You can take the player away from Essendon, but you can't take the Essendon away from the player. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, the forward line looked pretty good with Harris Andrews going forward, but then that obviously takes away a lot from from their defence. So you could probably make an argument that Brisbane were just very unlucky with a couple of injuries later on in the season. And as we mentioned before, that can be the difference and just depends on who it is. And it's pretty hard to replace Daniel McStay and uh, who's the other forward that's out? Oh, fuck. The guy that did his ACL, everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Anyway, we'll go on to the prelim preview, Pato. So do you want to kick us off with the first game? Yeah, yeah. Friday night, 7.50 at Optus Stadium. We've got Melbourne taking on Geelong. This, I, I I, don't think this will be a good game at all, Dano. I reckon it's going to be a one-sided affair. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it's 30-plus. Even more than that, Dano. I reckon, as we mentioned before, I think people are going to overrate Geelong's performance last weekend against the Giants, against a very undermanned Giants. And I, I think mm. Melbourne coming in fresh, I can't see Geelong having an answer for a lot of Melbourne's players. And I think it starts with the ruck contest. 
I think Gorn will absolutely destroy Radigalea, Stanley, Blitzat, whoever they put in there. I think Gorn, it's going to start with Gorn. Yep. I can see, though, Melbourne starting off slow because, like I said, with that one-week break, it does take away a bit of momentum. And I think that we might see a very even first quarter, but then fucking Melbourne will kick into gear second, third, and fourth quarter and just fucking run away with it. I think Geelong fans will have a little sniff of hope. You're like, yeah, we're fucking keeping up with Melbourne. Yeah, sick bruvs. And then carnage will happen and Rich will kick like three and fucking Petrarca or fucking Oliver or tear him a new asshole and Gorn fucking slapping it around silly. Fucking won't surprise me if Jackson has a blinder, you know, fucking May and Lever down in defense. Like I, I can just see this. Yeah. I'll say 30 plus to be safe. Um, you're probably thinking 40 plus. I'm 40 sure. or 50, yeah. I, I think Geelong without Stewart don't really have an answer for that Melbourne backline. Now, they may contain one of McDonald or Brown or or Pickett, but it'll take a Bailey Fritch kicking four or five again. It'll. I just don't yeah. think they have an answer for all of them. And I don't think Zach Tui is going to be able to run free like he did last weekend because there's just too many guys you've got to be accountable for in that Melbourne forward line. Even, you know, Charlie Spargo, you, you can't just let him... Mm. run loose so yeah i i can't see geelong being a sniff in this game at all don't know yeah that's fair um what do you what do you reckon who do, who do you think they tag do they tag oliver or petrarca or just fucking let them run free so i can't i don't think they but... can afford to let them go nuts but they don't really have a recognized tag of playing at the moment with um o'connor not playing now cam guthrie has done some tagging in the past but we're talking a couple of years ago now, and I just I can't see it happening now. Melbourne may put a bit of time into Dangerfield. They may not even have to with his record in elimination finals, but um Well, it's yeah, not I, an elimination I, final. Well, it's a prelim, so it is as yeah. long as it goes home. Yeah, but elimination finals are there's no sec, no more second state. chances. That, that's my point. Yeah, okay. So um yeah, I I I think anyone that lets Oliver and Petrucca both just do what they want. Can't have a sniff at all against Melbourne. Yep. Um, the other question I've got for you is, can Joel Selwood and Tom Hawkins not be a dog for a change? Or? <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I, this this could be an interesting situation as well because if it gets to the third, fourth quarter and, and they're down by 30, 40, 50 points, then what do they do? Do they just get salty and just start whacking blokes or or what? It was actually funny. I was watching. I was on Mumford watch the last couple of minutes of that game because I, <laughs> I thought he'd go out swinging. It was funny because he was sprinting <laughs> to get to ruck contests. He'd he'd do, and then as soon as it would go to the opposition, he wanted so bad just to do one of those huge tackles, <laughs> and he couldn't fucking catch anyone. It was hilarious. Oh, and I, 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 want, I wanted him to come up against Selwood or someone so bad just to fucking just get him into the ground or something. But anyway, that's I shouldn't be promoting that, kids. Don't be dogs. But anyway, yeah, it'd be interesting yep, to see yep. how that plays out. But I think this will be the end of Geelong's season this weekend. Yep, same. Anyway, we've got Port Adelaide versus Western Bulldogs, 7.40 on Saturday night at Adelaide Oval. Yeah. What's been going on with the Western Bulldogs? They've been travelling a fair bit, haven't they? Yeah, I think they've hit about five different cities in the last six weeks, Dano, and that is a lot of mileage in the air. Now, they did fly to Perth pretty early, so they will settle there for the week but they are, will be quarantining. So whether that's a positive or a negative, we'll see. At least I'll get a time to, to put their leg up and rest legs up and rest a little bit. But I'm hoping this is a really good game. And if it's anything like Port Adelaide's prelim final last year in Adelaide, we're in for an absolute cracker. And 
I think it might depend on Bontempelli and how healthy he's going to be, but I think the dogs can can push Port Adelaide in this one. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, with that, I've never thought I'd say this, but how's the forward line going to go without Waitman? Yeah, it's it's weird that we're asking this question because yeah. he's really only come the team this year, but yeah, he looks so dynamic as as a forward player now. Johannesson was was subbed in for Waitman and looked pretty good, but. Played a little bit of midfield, played a little bit up forward and was just a bit of a spark. But was that because he was fresh or was that because he's, mm. he's dynamic? So I don't think they can replace what Waitman does. I think they'll have to change up their structure a little bit. We'll see, do they replace Waitman with Shaki and go a little bit taller? Now, I think personally speaking, that's the play because that means Aliyah Aliyah might be a little bit more accountable. Yeah, he's been and, playing on and, the smaller players recently. Um, that's yeah, why and just so floating good. off that. Yeah. We've seen we've seen teams have success against Port Adelaide when they have a taller forward line where Aaliyah Aaliyah has to play on someone. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, obviously, Shaki played on the weekend, but they can bring in another tall forward just to try and combat that or whether they just go with Johannesson and play him in the forward pocket to oh, no. replace Waitman or or even no. just Bonson Pally, play him up forward and, and just move move guys around. But Did, um, did Mitchy Hannon play? He did, yeah. Didn't do a yeah, lot yeah. goal, but he did play, yes. Just trying to think of who else they could bring in. Steph Martin's still not gonna play, I'm assuming. I mean, Steph Martin's healthy, so it's it's all dependent on whether they want to risk it. Now, if they bring Steph Martin in, obviously Tim English goes forward, and that is a fo- a, a taller forward option. Now, does Lewis Young Young keep his spot on or have they lost faith in him? So it's a little bit of an interesting subplot. We'll find out obviously Thursday night what they do in terms of team selection. But they've got a plethora of uh, small guys they can bring in, um, but a lot of them are just young. Yeah, I'm. I think if there's ever a time to risk a bloke that's fucking old, it's to the game before a grand final to try and get in. In all honesty, this would be the time to play him. So Bevo, fucking pick Steph Martin, allow your best possible squad to play, um, and they can just if if it if he pings a hammy or something, fucking just get the sub in. Who gives a shit? Like honestly, but they got to they got to try and roll port. Um, I, I, I can't see Port losing in Adelaide. Um, I did pick a Melbourne versus Port grand final or a Melbourne versus Brisbane, but Brisbane got knocked out by Western Bulldogs, so I'm still going to stick with Melbourne v Port. Um, with that, though, oh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think of what else they could do. Like Charlie Dixon could kick a bag in this game because Western Bulldogs' defense ain't that great. They're more, they just seem more attacking, to be honest. Yeah, but Alex Keith has a pretty good record. And oh, he, that's true. That's true, actually. And he'll play on Dixon. So I think it's going to come down to Fantasia, Robbie Gray, and stuff like that. And I don't think the dogs have an answer for any of those guys. On a Rosie. Yeah, so Eastern Wood, Eastern Wood will play a pretty good role on one of those guys, probably Robbie Gray. But I don't know if they have an answer for all those small forwards. So I think the key yeah. is Robbie Gray. Uh, even Motlop, I don't like to say it. But those sort of guys, it's, it's going to come down to those guys. Yep, yep. Anyway, we got the grand final time. So it's 5.50 p.m. in Perth, which is 7.50 Eastern. Is that Australian Eastern Standard Time or just Eastern Standard Time? Uh, yeah. No, Australian. Yeah. Yeah, so 7.50 p.m. here um, in Melbourne, Sydney, whatnot. So, and they're still and they're having the week off after the prelims. I just yeah. don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like the week off in between because uh, I feel like, I mean, with the way it's probably going to play out, I think it's going to be fine because there's no advantage to a team that didn't have the week off, if that makes sense. So I, th- yeah. I think 
I agree with you. I think both Melbourne and Port Adelaide, will, Port Adelaide will go through. So they'll both have that week off and then play and then another week off. So I don't think it's going to advantage it. But if, if the Bulldogs or Geelong can somehow win, I think it advantages them the week off because they're going to come in fresh and with a bit of momentum of playing in consecutive games, whereas the break can disrupt a bit of momentum. So, mm. yeah, we'll see well, how like grand final? It. Yeah, you know. Uh, actually, I was wrong. It's seven fifteen, not seven fifty. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's still it's still twilight time. But I look, I really, I think I mentioned in the pod last week or maybe the week before. I like the night spectacle when I'm watching it on TV. But it's not that transition I think it's really tonight. good. Because it's yes. five fifty over there, so it's going to be transitioning. So you're going yeah. to get that awkward fucking sunset shit. And, well, the sunset will be during the pregame entertainment, whoever they decide that to be. So, look, that looks pretty cool on TV. I just, I feel like it's going to be weird because obviously we'll still be in lockdown, Dana, down in Victoria. Mm. New South Wales will definitely still be in lockdown. That's a long time to wait while we're in lockdown, Dana. It's not, it's not a case of like we're going to our mate's place and getting ready and and. Yeah. Doing whatever up. before the game, like doing some shoeies, doing some yeah. You may as well just, <laughs> you may bombs. as well just get, get over get it over with it for lunchtime and and well doing a Nadia Nadia Bartel style. She's getting <laughs> she's um, releasing she's releasing her own line soon. <laughs> Is it a line of came up plates? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> anyway. Oh shit. Um. But yeah, I'm. It's yeah. It's gonna be awkward as fuck. Um, yeah. Um. And I, I know from last year, I was obviously had a, a very emotional investment in the game with my team playing in it. And I was, I had to be very careful of not going a bit too early. Um, I did start very early on the drinks with a couple of my old housemates that I was watching the game with and had to just pace myself. And it got to about four or five o'clock and I was a nervous wreck playing a grand final against Geelong and just had to compose myself. But after the game, I was absolutely fucking sloshed, I know. And, and, I won't have a team playing obviously this year, so it might be a little bit different without my own team playing in it. But it's still a long time to be waiting for for a grand final. Don't know. See, in 2019, I was just drinking to numb the pain. (laughs) I watched it all the way through. Fuck. We were both double parked, don't know, but but for very different reasons. Oh shit! That's the reason why I never paid for a ticket. I was just like. Uh, everyone's like, oh, 2019, Giants are in their first grand final. Are you going to go? I'm like, fuck no, we're going to get flogged. <laughs> and I was right. Um, on In some more positive news, Cam Guthrie, a.k.a. the Guth, a.k.a. the S- walking STD, <laughs> um, he signed a four-year contract extension. Um, the only thing is he's 29. So do you think it's a is, – is it too many years for a 29-year-old, Pato? Well, I mean – for any other club, it probably would be, but Geelong, I think, have <laughs> at, least 10 star. Guys, at least 10 of their guys, maybe even 12, uh, over 30, Dana, which is just absurd. And I have a feeling this might be a heavily back-ended deal. Yeah. Because he's probably signed for absolute unders for the last few years, and he's probably him and his management have probably just gone to the club and gone, look, we've played for unders for a long time now. We're probably due for a bit of coin, and it may come back to backfire for Geelong, but I couldn't give a fuck. I couldn't give a shit because it's Geelong and fuck Geelong. But look, good on the guff for, for securing his bag. Um, he'll be able to get on it with Nadia after his career. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, you know how you said the Kmart plates with Nadia? You know how there are things yeah. like cutting the cost of living? Like Kmart, <laughs> cutting the cost of living. She's fucking cutting, <laughs> cutting line. 
The good news is, though, everyone at that party were fined heavily because they're flouting lockout. And yeah, yeah. I'm very happy about that because I miss my mates. I'd love to have a drink with my mates. And here's this fucking rich, snobby bitch doing that yep. and not even caring about the law. So fuck that bitch. Fuck those bitches. Uh, gold digging hoes and fuck them. Pato, <laughs> love it. Love that shit. Uh, at the end of the day, Jimmy Bartel retired and all of a sudden wasn't earning six figures a year and Nadia Bartel all of a sudden doesn't want to be married to him. Oh, there's oh. something in that, Dano, anyway. Oh. Um, we're, I've got something that's not on the run sheet because we're actually running a little bit ahead of time here, Pato. Um, yeah, usually we go for a, Yeah, we're fucking flying. So I've got a thing. Stephen Cornelio. So my, my tune has kind of changed a bit on him. I don't know whether or not the Giants should release him because of the amount of fucking money he's on honestly um should they do what so remember brett delidio how he left richmond to go to the giants and instead of taking on his contract he ended up voiding his contract with richmond signing a new contract with the giants and then with that richmond paid for i think it was two fifths so they paid for yeah, they ended it ended up working out to be $1.5 million over three years and no, one third and Richmond paid a third of it. Do you reckon the Giants should do something similar with another club? Yeah, Richmond were almost the, the first really high profile situation where they pay a, major, a, a percentage of, of a guy's contract and move him on just to get him off the books. And we see it really often now. Um, Trelaw is the obvious one for now um, where... Yeah. Collingwood are still paying a chunk of his, but it's a it's a very intriguing situation. And getting Delidio off the books at the time actually helped Richmond sign Josh Caddy, who was obviously part of both the 17 and 19 grand finals. And I mean, it's interesting because Delidio shed his contract, well, a, a majority of his contract, in order to find success at the Giants. And the ironic and Funny thing with that is that he got knocked out by the club that he left and who went yeah, on don't to rub win the it grand in. Don't rub it in, dickhead. It's not at you, mate. That's at <laughs> Brett Delidio. Um, Brett Delidio broke my heart and I'm not salty about it still at all. Yep, anyway, yep, yep. Uh, yeah, look, I think the best thing for both, party, both parties is to move on. Uh, Cornelio won't want to admit it. He signed his big deal. Um, good on him. Good on him, him Him and his family and his and his agent. He's, they've, they've secured a very big chunk of coin, but his form has dropped off a cliff and surely the best thing for everyone involved is to move on. Now, the interesting subplot about that, Dano, is Stephen Cornelio is from WA. And I think before this Lockie Neal situation came out, Freo were probably keen on someone like Stephen Cornelio. But all of a sudden, that Freo don't need Cornelio when you've got an option, option of ex-Brownlow medalist and ex-Freo Mm. best and fairest winner Lockie but, Neal versus Stephen Cornelio in the form that he's in you, there's a no-brainer yeah but with in saying that though you could also get it from a Freo point of view hey we can get this fucking dude on a bit of a discount from the Giants like the Giants might if, if they if they did it and this is the way that I'd do it Giants need to re-sign like they're going to be re-signing Hopper but it probably will only be for two years but they really want to sign him for five why not release Cornelio? Because you know that you don't need him. He's fucking had no... I've, I'd rather keep Xavier O'Halloran. Xavier O'Halloran has shown more than Stephen Cornelio. And that says something. 
release him. Who cares if he's a fucking captain? Um, wasn't Ryan Griffin captain of the Dogs when he requested a trade to the Giants or something? I think he was. Release your uh, captain. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Release your captain to Frio. Let's say, I think he's on about a million a season or something at the Giants, which is taking up way too much fucking cap space. You can go, right, we want to keep Hopper, Taranto, those sorts of guys. We want to bump up their money a little bit more. Let's say they bump their contracts up by 200K each a year. There's 400,000 that they've got to free up. They send, you nearly go up to Frio. He signs a new deal. Okay, he's he does what Delidio does, scrap it, signs a new deal. Let's say he's on 750. The Giants will then go, right, we will pay 350K a year for the next two years. So there's 700,000, he might sign a three-year deal. 350K, he's, he's, he's then getting paid there. They then give another 200,000 each to, let's say, Topper and Taranto. So 400,000, 350K, that's 750,000. They're still saving $250,000 and keeping two prime movers. And they can use that 250,000 to, I don't know, re-sign some of their young guys that they've drafted, like Tanner Brune. Um, you want to keep him because he's shown so much fucking talent. Or you can fucking, like, you're going to have retirees. Mumford's going to retire. He's on probably fuck all. Phil Davis might retire because really they don't need him now after, like, watching the way that the young Giants defense is gone. You could then try and target, let's say, um, someone in a trade with fucking Frio. Um, I don't know who they'd get out of Frio, but anyway, like, you could just, you could do something, free up the space and then re-sign guys that you've currently got and then wait for everyone else off the injury list to fucking heal up. So, yeah I, I, uh, yeah. I agree that they need to try and do something with Cornelio. I just, from a footy perspective, I don't see where he fits in at Freo because if he goes to Freo, he's probably playing a similar role as to what he has this year with GWS. And that's uh, not a very good version of it'll Cornelio release- at all. It'll release Fife up forward, which they want to do, even though I reckon it's a bad decision. So you can but have... they're getting Lockie Neal. That's what I mean. They'll have Neal, Brayshaw, Cornelio, Sarong it's in the too, middle. I don't think it fits. Now, what I can actually see happening, Dano, and I can either see Brisbane being very interested in Cornelio to play a midfield role to replace yep, Lockie yep. Neal. I think that's a pretty like... I mean, it's not like for like in the sense that Cornelio isn't as good as Lockie Neal, but it's a pretty similar sort of player. I think the I other can see one, Luke, Luke Parker going to Brisbane, to be that's honest. That's exactly what I was going to say, Dana. Now, Luke Parker may be squeezed out of Sydney just from a salary cap perspective. Now, he's looking to secure... 700 some, grand or something. That's not even much. Yeah, like he, he deserves that. Luke Parker is a gun. Yeah. Um, absolute fuck gun. Yeah. And um, he may get squeezed out from a salary cap perspective and just another another victim of, of that buddy... Franklin contract for from Sydney because they lost Aliyah Ali, who's obviously gone on to be in Australian this year at Port Adelaide. And they may lo- lose Luke Parker as well as a result, which will be a very big loss. And I can see maybe Cornelia won't even have to move. Like, just, just move to his crosstown rivals. Now, it'd be a big story, Dano. The, the Giants captain jumping ship to the, the crosstown rivals and I think would become a pretty good player in that Swan system. I think he suits the way they play really well. Imagine if it ends up being fucking Cornelio gets traded to the Swans. They'd never do it though. Like the only way that he can go is if he gets traded. He doesn't want to leave because of the money that he's on. But I think the only real pull would be to go back home to WA. It'd be the only real pull. Well, he'd have to restructure his deal because there's no way the Swans can let Parker go, but then pay 700,000 to Cornelio. So the Giants would even have to- It won't be 700,000 for Cornelio, mate. It's almost a million a season. 
Yeah, that's what I mean. So they'd have to agree. Yeah. The Giants would have to agree to play half of that deal just to get Keneally off the books. And yeah. I mean, that's a big, big percentage of that contract. So West Coast, it's gonna, it's a very no. West Coast have no cap room at all. They've got McGovern and and Nat Nui both on a million plus, and they've got jo- uh, Tim Kelly and and all that, and Elliot Yo, Luke Shuey. But if if Yo leaves, that's Shuey, still, Shuey, still Shuey is getting on too. Yeah, but their their salary cap situation's fucked. They've got Gaff as well. They did. They've got no room to move at all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's very. They've got to secure Oscar Allen as well, who's a pretty big priority for them. So, I saw I, um a trade deal floating around, which was Canelio to Collingwood in an, in an exchange for Dugowie, and I thought to myself, "Fuck, the Giants would play Dugowie up forward, and you'd have Green, Hogan, and Dugowie in the same forward line." <laughs> It'd be the most dysfunctional fucking forward line known to man. But then I had a yak with my dad, and my dad goes, "You know what? That could actually work." But... I mean, yeah, I I don't love it. I don't love it. Now, the the Pies may have to squeeze out some guys as well because of their salary cap situation. Yeah, so that's what I mean. The Giants have to find a trade partner that is willing to take on probably seven or eight hundred thousand dollars of that salary, and. Cornelio also has to agree to the move because he's under contract. So, I mean, North are probably pretty happy to take anyone that wants to play for them, but is Cornelio <laughs> really going to downgrade from the Giants to North Melbourne to finish 17th on the ladder? I don't think it's going to happen. Mm, yeah, I can't see it happening either. The very intriguing yeah. subplot of this coming off season, Dana, and, and we're interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, yeah. And I think Hopper, I know Hopper wants to stay and they're going to re-sign Hopper, but I think there's... I think if they get rid of Cornelio, he'll do a massive long-term deal. It won't be like fucking Josh Kelly money or anything like that, but it'll be more long-term. And they really need to do it with Hopper. Like, did you see the um, stats for him? It was, what was it called? Balking? It's like sidesteps and selling candy pretty much. He he set the record for, I think it was 25 of those in an AFL season. The next highest was 21. He's got the AFL record for it. Like, he's got a good sidestep on him. Fuck. He did it three times against Carlton. Yeah. Um, I mean, is Jacob Hopper not happy with not taking that Kelly money? Is he worth that, Dana? I think he is. And maybe he'll take less to stay at the Giants, but is he from Melbourne? No, he's a oh, he's Riverina. When they had okay. the Riverina before they chopped it away. Yeah, so he might be keen to stay. And I think the one that gets squeezed out, other than Cornelio, maybe Tom Green. No. Nah. nah, the Green, Green, they're gonna keep 100%. I think the one that if they keep Cornelio that's going to get squeezed out is unfortunately O'Halloran, but I'd rather O'Halloran than Cornelio at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but it's interesting to see what what changes the Giants make and do they make a, a coaching change as well, Dano, or do they no, stick they it won't. out one more year and maybe make a play at, at someone that is taking a year off next year? I think that's what's going to happen. Um, didn't help that the AFL fucking put out that or Fucking Giants under Leon Cameron have won however many finals in the last five years or whatever the fuck it was. Didn't fucking help the cause to get rid of him, but I'd love Alastair Clarkson. That's another. That's a story for another time. Well, there'll be plenty of clubs lining up to get him, and I've, yeah, both of the recent expansion clubs I think are going to be pretty keen on trying to lure him. Yeah, Stewie Jews um, coaching next year. Yeah, that, they've probably already spoken to Clarkson and and maybe gauged some interest. So yeah, keep an eye on that one. Anyway, that's uh, we've met the time criteria now, Pato. <laughs> Good chat. Good yeah. chat. Um, okay, so we're both tipping Melbourne and Port Adelaide this weekend, I'm assuming. 
Yep, yep. I, I have a feeling both games may be 30 or 40 plus, but we'll see how it plays out. I'm hoping the Saturday night game, the Port Adelaide Bulldogs game is a little bit closer, but I just get the feeling that both games might be a bit of a five or six goal plus contest. Yep, yep. Agreed. Anyway, that's all we got time for on the Super Coach Go Captain podcast. I am Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing the fuck off. Get fucking vaccinated.